0: I'm here for it. I'm in another red. Uh oh. Oh dear. <laughs> my screen just went green. Harry, I think something is wrong with my, 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 my desktop. I'm just convinced. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. So now I guess I need to take it to be like, I know you said it's the co- cables. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to leave it off for a minute. And then I'm going to let it warm up. Seems to do better when it warms up. Happy spring in the Elm, second day of red, because I'm feeling red, feeling red. Plus, uh, I, now I think it's time to start moving toward packing away the winter stuff and pulling out the spring stuff. And I wear color all year round, so there really is no no real difference in how I show up colorful. <laughs> um, but it is time to order some new glasses. And uh, and I know these have become my my signature iconic glasses. But it's time for some new ones. Every pair of glasses I get, they become iconic in their own signature. But now it's time to move on to some new glasses. I love these. Don't get me wrong. I love, and I'll keep them. Because my, my, my glasses don't change. So, so I'll keep them. But now it's time to move into uh, some new glasses. <laughs> so I think I'll spend some time looking around and uh, and seeing what that looks like to myself. So we'll see. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Um, yesterday, hung out at the uh, Possible Futures Bookstore for the uh, Fred Hampton 101 and uh, a poetry uh, workshop, which was so good. Uh, and Zima is amazing. I I just want to sit in a class of hers. And uh, I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to figure that out, how to... How to have her host some workshops because I, I just was in awe yesterday. Thank you, Brian Slatery, for the wonderful piece up in the New Haven Independent. So if you've not seen this up on the New Haven Independent, it was a wonderful mix of people. You know, I'm not one of these people that needs like a gazillion people. I don't need a stadium full of people to measure the success of anything that I do. If one person shows up for me, that's a success because there's so many competing things for people's time and attention, and you know, honestly, you cannot get to everything. But I appreciated the the, the intimate crowd that we had yesterday at Possible Futures, uh, uh, because I think we had if we had a few more people, it would have been too many people. So I I I loved it. It was it was it was good. I enjoyed it so much. I'm so glad that I got to go. I'm so glad that my schedule allowed for me to go. So uh, so yeah, it was good, it was good. It was good, it was really, really good. So hallelujah to that. Uh, it was wonderful. Uh, Nize from BAM Books, By Any Means Necessary Books, did an amazing job walking us through uh, Fred Hampton 101. And clearly she is a, a Fred Hampton devotee. <laughs> so that was, it was wonderful. It was, it was, it was wonderful. Uh, and I, I don't I don't I had no expectations of whatever it was, but I knew that I enjoyed myself immensely and to uh and to sort of uh just invoke the name of Fred Hampton into the space, keeps the memory alive. I, I truly believe that no one is dead unless we forget them. And so um as long as we can remember them, we can keep the fire burning. So uh and and the poetry was nice. I did my first attempt at black blackout poetry. It took me a minute to get a rhythm, uh, and that's okay. Uh, uh, and uh, I learned that there are 168 forms of poetry. Now, now I'm on a damn quest to learn them all. Uh, and we worked on uh, a couple of—I uh, think we worked on two types of poetry, uh, three types of poetry, and uh, it was great. I'm—I'm I, telling you, this age of turning 60 is the—is the most learningest time of my life <laughs> it's the most learning is time of my life so uh uh i i cannot complain cannot complain one bit so that was yesterday it was it was a wonderful opportunity stay tuned uh you know what if you if follow the possible possible futures uh bookstore and uh their newsletter and so you can stay on top of uh uh you can see on top of what they do so that you stay in the loop of all the happenings. Um, So it's my hangout. It's one of my favorite hangouts, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm saying a lot of us. I normally don't do that. Try not to do that. I know better. (laughs) I know better. I know better, but I hadn't had any coffee this morning. So when you haven't had any coffee, just like, Oh, whatever, 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 Whatever. Uh, it is beautiful out, I think. Uh it's still a little brisk, 35 degrees. So don't get don't get too crazy. Can't be out there naked. Uh, but it is spring is squarely here, and you can uh bet your bottom dollar, baby, it's gonna be a stone gas. I'm looking forward to it. Plus, uh, plus it's my my birth my birth season. I'm a spring baby. So I'm excited about that. All the flowers. And so I'm thinking about what I want 60, the year of 60 to be. You know, every year I do some kind of self-care thing. You know, I take on some self-care. One year was uh, massages every several weeks for a year. Uh, I still get my nails done. I started getting my nails done and I've not stopped. Because for 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 the for 50 years of my life, my nails were awful because uh, I never kept kept them up, and nail polish just didn't suit, suit sit well on my nails. So I started going to get my nails done as part of self care, as part of my own commitment to self care. So it stuck with me because I love Sammy. I get a manicure and a pedicure uh, every six weeks, so I love it. That's my commitment. It's not your commitment, my commitment. Uh, what else? I I try to. So I try to pick one thing to sort of commit to for a year. Uh, that's how I got into weight training and and working out at the gym, specifically weight training, uh, because it was a commitment. And then and then the hips gave out. So I had to give it up. Uh, but I think I might go back to it. So maybe maybe it's a, a, a huge commitment of a bunch of things uh, all at once. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna take my cues from the Oscar winning film, Everything Everywhere, All at Once, <laughs> which is really the story of Babs Rolls Ivy. So, <laughs> so I think so I saw so I got up this morning thinking about um what what I wanted to uh what I wanted to think about uh 60 because it's coming up. And uh and and what are what are the things that I wanna what what are things that I want to work on personally? And, uh, I'm doing some deep, I'm going to do a deep dive into this and figure it out. Uh, definitely. I always have a goal of, of health. And, and I, I, have been thinking a a lot about that, uh, lately. And, uh, um, I've been thinking about that lately. So no, I'm not going to go have surgeries and, you know, staple my stomach and all that kind of stuff. Not doing that. Um, Uh, I'm not going to do that. And, and no, no shade to people who do it. It's necessary. And I, I feel like whatever tools you need to get the results that you need, uh, do it. Uh, I'm just not doing that. I've, I've been under the knife so many times I've had so many procedures in my life. I, I just, I just feel like I want to not have another procedure. So unless it's life or death and, and losing weight is not life or death for me at the moment, but it is for some people. It is for some people, but it isn't for me yet. Like, I didn't get that that call yet about, you're going to lose this weight, you're going to die. I mean, I think every fat person hears that message all the time from doctors. Um, you know, oh, your health, your health, your health, you know. But, you know. So so I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about uh, writing, you know, stepping into the writing more fully, purposefully, and and with a real some training under it. I mean I know how to write. I write. I write. I had a whole newspaper. And I used to write for the paper. That's how people knew me because I would write for the paper. I don't I don't want to write like that anymore. I really want to write for for I I really want to tell the story. I really want to write for pleasure. I really want to write to to tell the story. And I keep hearing Tony Morrison's head if there's a book out there that 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 you haven't there's a book out there that you want. But it doesn't exist, and you must write it. A paraphrase, uh, and I and I'm thinking about this for quite some time because I outlined a uh, a couple of books, and uh, and I, I want to uh, get into it. So so I've just been I've been doing a lot of of reflection, real reflection. I mean, I do it anyway. I mean, I, I do not live an unexamined life, and so when I tell you I walk in truth. That that's what that means. That I do not live an unexamined life. I do not lie to myself. I see myself for who I am and what I am, and 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 I think deeply uh, uh, about my place in the world and how I interact with people and how I show up, and uh, and I ask my questions all. I ask myself questions all the time about you know what I'm doing, where I'm going, what do I want, that kind of stuff, um, and and I think that's why I can I can get over things rather quickly because I don't dwell i I'd rather dwell in things that make sense to me, that, that grow me, than to dwell in things that just make me feel like trash. So I, I don't dwell in those things. And, and, I, and I think, too, uh, I, because I, I don't live an unexamined life and I, and I walk in truth, I can hear truthful things. I can see truthful things about me and, and, and be all right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they don't, they don't cripple me you know they don't they don't cripple me so that's i i like i like that about myself i like that about myself i tell myself the truth and i and i and i know my own heart and mind do you know what i mean like i know my own heart and mind and i stand on that i don't need people to i don't need people to tell me anything i don't i don't know i don't second guess myself with people now if i second guess myself it's because i'm i'm second guessing Uh, No one can put something in my brain or heart to make me second guess what I know to be true. You know? So I, so I do, I I do uh, self-examination work and, you know, my girlfriends and I, we don't sit around dissecting each other. We don't, we don't do that kind of work. Uh, If there's something on the table that they want to talk about, we talk about it. And then mostly, mostly they get to their own conclusions about what is going on for them without a whole lot of, you know, me telling anybody, or the, or we telling each other what's happening. You know, this is what I see. You know, so we don't we don't do a lot of that. I, I leave that to younger women to sort of dissect each other about. You know, I, I we don't do that. If 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 my girlfriends say this is where I am in relationships, we're like okay, <laughs> you know, and, and we'll back it up. Whatever 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 she says, we back it up you know, or we'll say, well, you know, you might want to think about that, you know, or have you considered, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then that's it. Like, I, no, it is, it's not a whole, uh, we don't go into telling telling people what who they are and what they are. Uh, grown women, grown women know know who know themselves. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I think the worst thing for me is to be around women who have no direction. I, I cannot stand it. <laughs> I cannot stand to be around women who have no direction, who who will feel some kind of way about being in spaces. I I cannot I can't hear it. <laughs> I can't stand it. Because I'm because the first thing out of my mouth was like, what are we going to do about it? <laughs> and I get it. People need to vent. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I think some people stay in the venting phase way too long. That's why you have a journal. That's why you have a therapist. Stop staying in the venting stage. Because, you know, when you when you stay in the venting stage, that means you don't want to hear your own heart's desires. You keep talking over what the spirit in you is already revealing to you. When you're venting, you're not listening to yourself. You just want to say what you want to say and then be in it, wallow in it, rather than let me get quiet, let me get still. And then let me figure, let me let me hear what, 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 what my inner me is saying to myself about how to move forward. And I'm sure there are people who really, who don't listen to themselves and can't hear themselves. I, I'm, I'm sure of it, cause I, I see it. <laughs> I see it, I see it. So, so, so my patience for that kind of thing is very, very small. You know, I can't, I just can't hear women lament and whine. I can't stand it. I I just can't. But, but I'm, I'm happy to sit and listen to people work through uh, their path. You know what I mean? I, I, I have no problem sitting with people, listening to people work through their path. Because people, when they, when they walk themselves through, they come up with their answers. The answers are in you. The answers are not out there. The answers are inside. The answers have always been inside. This is what the hell Dorothy had to learn. Dorothy had to learn. She always could have went home. <laughs> she always had the power. Nobody could tell her that because you know you tell somebody something they can't hear you. So they gotta they gotta walk their own journey. So sometimes you gotta put on your own red shoes, your heels, and get to where you gotta go. You know that's that's your own path. You know every everybody here, everybody everybody has it in them. The answers to everything in your life is already in you. You just got to shut up and listen, and then you gotta you gotta be clear, and you gotta like turn off the choir of them so that you can move effectively and efficiently throughout your life. But it but people get stuck. They listen to people. They fearful, and fear is so, I, I fear is so seductive. You know, because we are we are so willing to believe that lesser story about ourselves. I mean I'm here for it. I know I've done it. I've stood in that lesser story longer than I could tell you. And the bigger story is like out there. Out, it's not outside of you. It's you in the world. And you stay with the lesser story of lack and loss and heartache and oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-mm. I'm not saying you can't have that. Give yourself time to wallow in some mess, particularly if you have a, a broken heart. Y'all heard me last month. I went through a whole, I had a, it took me a whole week to process, maybe two weeks to process a broken heart. And then, and then I woke up one morning and like, are you crazy? <laughs> I swear to God. Then I woke up one day and I was like, Am I lamenting here? <laughs> I, I, was a, I, was a, I was a weepy puppy all of two weeks. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and now I'm like, I don't even, what what was I what was I lamenting? <laughs> huh? So so now I come to the realization that yes, while the uncoupling has happened, is happening. It is for the better because now, and I don't regret none of it. It grew me. It, I'm telling you, that relationship grew me exponentially. It has made me a better woman. It has made me fall in love. I, and I, I, I would not trade a thing. Where I'm at now, I could take all those gifts, all of them, and hold on to them and, and put my arms around them and, and keep it moving right? I, because I, I'm grateful. Grateful for the time and the care and the intimacy. I, oh, mm, 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 mm. Amazing. But now I'm in a different, I'm, my mind is in a different place. And 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 those tools that I've gained in, those, in that decade of being in love with this person is going to carry me to the next thing. It's already carrying me to the next thing, not the next someone or the whatever, but the next, whatever the next is. I've got these wonderful gifts and tools about how I see myself, what what I, what makes me feel good, what grows me, what blossoms me. Ah, I'm telling you. <laughs> and, and things can't go back to, to what they were. They're not going to go back to what they were. You know, they're not, they're not going back to what they were Uh, and, and maybe something good, something else grander will grow out of it. Who knows? I I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about that. You know, I don't, I don't have to worry about that. I I just know that I I've been loved deeply, beautifully and still still am still am. So that's all, (laughs) you know, Still am. I could, I could, uh, I could keep it moving. I can keep it moving. And uh and keep it moving, I will. So anyway, uh, we're not a street is somewhere. I know Paul is out there, out there in these New Haven streets. <laughs> <laughs> looking looking for some unsuspecting person to run up on. Uh, <sighs> you know. So he'll run up in here today talking about this is the word on the street. And we'll see who who, who is out there. You know, we'll see. We'll see who's out there. Uh, because I, I, uh, I, uh, I love word on the street and I miss it. So, and I don't know if any got done last week. Like, I don't even know. Because I didn't listen to any of the show last week. I was, I, was on my, I was on my own tip. And uh, and tomorrow, uh, I'm I'm only going to do the nine o'clock hour because the 10 o'clock hour, I got to go to the doctor and I got to be at the doctor at 10. So uh, at 10, 10, 15, I got to be at the doctor's at 10, 15. So I'm not going to make the 10 uh, o'clock hour. And uh, that's, that's just where we are. Um, I know, but you know, when the doctors call you, you got to go and do... Do the things that you do, and so you know. Ten and at the ten fifteen hour today, I'm talking to a group I've never talked to before, uh, the Connecticut Veterans Legal Center. Um, so I'm going to talk to them because they're doing some some work around um, Black veterans and supporting Black veterans. And you know, I'm all about the blackness. So <laughs> so they're going to be my guest at ten fifteen. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's been really weird because uh, we. And in the in the Yale Access to Law School Fellows group, uh, the the students are uh, the law students are on spring break, so they are they are frolicking in the sun and sand, uh, and so uh, our the fellows, those of us back here, you know, we, we got assignments. <laughs> so, uh, so I have not looked at any uh, LSAT stuff since we took the LSAT on Friday. I mean, no Saturday. So I need to crack it open. So there's a, a study group happening tomorrow, which I think I'm going to jump on for uh, so that I can get back in the groove of things. Uh, but it's it's been a little nice to sort of have a little bit of break. Now, I've been working on LSAT stuff, don't get me wrong, because I have commitments. <sighs> I have commitments. So So I've been doing that. So we'll see. <laughs> I get into it. I get into it. <laughs> oh, I'll get into it. I got so much. I got so much going on. Tomorrow's the beginning of Ramadan, while we're still in Lent. So, you know, there's that, and uh, there's that. So, uh, so I love. I love when all these religious holidays sort of, you know, butt up against each other. You know, sort of run, run parallel and adjacent and next to and And uh, uh, I I love it. So, so anyway, uh, not a bad, not a bad idea. And uh, all is well. (laughs) I had to go and see when the next uh, symphony concert is. I think I'm missing one. I think I missed one. I hope I didn't, I don't know. I gotta go and look at the, the mountain of emails and sift through and see. Uh, what is going on. I see the arts the International Festival of Arts and Ideas turn loose uh, the theme. Rise. I like that. I you know anything that anything that sort of elevates, I'm for it. So rise, 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 rise. So and my sister's birthday is coming up. So uh we are three years apart. So I think she is turning 50 57. <laughs> She's turning 57. Uh, I'm turning 60. So uh let's let's all just walk into these 60s and be little old ladies together. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's just see what happens. Ooh. Oh my gosh. You know. I'm a, you know, I'm 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 standing in the 59 space. We're gonna do it. <laughs> We're go, we just going to do it. we just going to be in it. So I have not watched any news. I don't know what is going on. Has Donald Trump even been arrested? I don't even know. They perp walked him yet? I don't even know. I don't even know. I think he's called for another insurrection. I don't know. Maybe. I was like, if y'all, if you white people get down with this one more time, I know something. I've got cigars here. Right? Today might be a nice day to sit on the porch and smoke a cigar. We'll see. The porch is not open. Let me not put that out there. Uh it needs a little bit of work. You know, it's got to get repainted. I got the benches on the porch. You know, the bench from the exhibit is on the porch, wrapped up. It's wrapped, covered, put it's on the porch. I don't want it to be on the porch because I don't want it to be an outside bench. And I don't have any space in my in my apartment. So I won't have any space until my daughters move out. And when they move out, then I can take back over my room in my living room and then I could have my furniture come. I could, I could, I could have a space. Cause I, have, I just have too much stuff. Um, too much stuff that could go into a room. <laughs> I could shut that door and then all the space could be freed up. <laughs> that's the, that's the idea. That is the idea. So, so yeah. So I, I, I imagine they're working diligently to figure out how to, get their own spaces, because I know no one wants to live with their mother. And honestly, I don't want them living with their mother either. I want them to be in the world chasing their own dreams and having their own experiences without the gaze of their mother. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, the gaze of your mother is, I think could be challenging, um, you know? So but we'll see what happens. All is, all is, all is well. We'll keep it moving and uh, do the very best that we can while we can. That's how I see it. So, uh, you know, we're getting ready for uh, the birthday trip, which is exciting. Uh, I'm very excited by that. Very excited. Uh-oh, I think I see word on the street is looking like it's stepping in. Woohoo! Good morning, Paul Bass. Good morning, Babs. How you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you? Where are you? <laughs> I'm in the sunshine and so oh. is Laquan Gormany. Hello. It's a firefighter at the Fountain Street fire station. Good morning. Oh. So what's the word on the street? Uh, the word on the street is
2: beautiful weather. <laughs> beautiful weather and love and just just a great atmosphere. It's a beautiful day. This the best day we had all year. So
1: we gotta be out and enjoy this sun while we're out here. I noticed you were smiling. In the sun is there. Something different about today than any other recent morning with the weather. Or... Um, it's just
2: it's my daughter's it's it's my daughter's birthday, so it's an extra beautiful day. 20th today. birthday,
1: yes. And you were calling her to say happy birthday. Yes. And what did she oh,
3: say? Oh, happy
1: she, birthday! You
2: know, she, she just thanked me, you know, and worrying about what I'm getting her, you know.
1: <laughs> did you get everything yet? Yeah. Want
2: her. she wanted some sneakers, so
1: you know. I got him some sneakers. Now, here's the tough question What's it like? I can know the answer because I've been there. What's it like when your daughter turns 20? It's a beautiful thing, but as a father,
2: you know, you just see your little angels growing up, and it's just, you know,
1: it's a beautiful thing. So, you gotta found a little bit bittersweet. Bittersweet. They're not little sitting on your knee anymore? Yeah, but it's sweet. <laughs> bittersweet. <laughs> I don't want to put the words in your mouth. I'm talking about me. Loved yeah. it, but also felt like right. they're it's not the same their little thing. girl it's anymore. The same,
2: it's the same thing. Same thing. Same is she thing. your first? My,
1: yes, my first. So your first girl turned 20?
2: First girl turned 20. I have a 10 year old son, you know, playing basketball every day. And, you know. And where is she? Where's your daughter? Uh, she She's actually about to. She started school late, so she's about to graduate. She's waiting on her. As, matter of fact, in my, April 1st, is, she gets her acceptance letter from Spelman mm-hmm. University. Wow! So, so we're waiting on that. And she's a great student, 4.6 GPA, and plays basketball. Just just a beautiful. Person. So you're
1: proud, proud, Papa. I'm proud. I'm proud. I put in a lot of work to to, <laughs> to make it happen. And you had <laughs> the nice sunshine wife. and yes. your and your daughters. But so you work the morning. You guys work like three days mornings, three days night. Yes, is sir. that how it works?
4: Yes, and sir.
2: how many
1: hours is each shift? When
2: you work in the morning, it's ten-hour shifts. When you're working nights, it's 14 hours.
1: And this is your first of three, you said, or third of three? This is my third of three. So you showed up. What time to start?
2: Yeah, so we're so happy. So it's the last day. You just feel like you're about to get a little break. But, uh-huh. you know. And how
1: many breaks do you get? How much you get in between?
2: Um, I go back Saturday night.
1: All right, so you've got, you got three days. All got right.
2: three days. You Any three plans days. for that? Yes, yeah, basketball with my son.
1: Oh, yeah? That's you it. play with him?
2: Yes, all the time.
1: Like at time. home, is there a court to go to court?
2: Uh, we play in our driveway. He plays AAU basketball. Uh, and you go there. And I go I go everywhere. I have to support him. So and do you play horse in the driveway? What do you play? One on one? Um I actually just went and bought some cones. So we're doing drills
1: outside and oh cones. Outside. Yep. Oh, you we're doing cones. drills. Are you doing serious? Drills. Yeah, we're serious. We're serious. serious. What's Definitely your son's serious. name? Aiden. So, you're serious? Is Aiden going to play like high school ball and stuff? Yes. Did exactly. you play? Yes. Where did you play? Eli Whitney. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I went to Eli Whitney. And what position? Uh, shooting guard. All right. <laughs> <laughs> to Eli
0: Whitney. When did you, you went graduate? To Eli, yes. you went to Eli
1: Whitney. Yes. Alumni. <laughs> did you guys go the same time?
0: No. How old are you? What year did you graduate? I, I am 42. I graduated in 98. Oh, so you might have went with my brother Mike and well, no, no, that would have been before then. I came yep. out in eighty one, so I'm way All older right. than you. <laughs> way so older.
1: I, do you like better the the day shift or the night shift? Do you like a mix of both?
2: I like a mix of both, but majority on the night side. Oh, why is that? And because it's just it's just the atmosphere, the the dinners you eat. You know, it's, just, it's, just it's more bonding. It, it's more bonding at night. You know, you, you just have a little more time to yourself, you know, to study, to, to do all type of
1: things. And What kind of dinners do you guys do? Oh, Sounds good.
2: Great. Dinners. Do you order
1: them in or you cook them?
2: Um, Friday nights, we order pizza. From? from? We usually go to Ernie's. That's what I thought. We usually go to Ernie's. And Saturday nights is steak night. So we usually, someone usually grabs the steaks. Grabs dinner, grabs the, you know, mashed potatoes and broccoli. And we go on the grill in the back.
1: And, um, oh, nice. Oh, I've seen you guys back there. Yeah, so. But what I wonder is if you're a firefighter, right? Let's say you're all psyched. You got a steak going. You got the pizza. Is there often inevitably an alarm? You have to run out? because oh, yeah, get cold?
2: You got to turn the grill off. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> it is what it is. If what happens might to the get pizza? Oh, the pizza fun. might get cold and we just come back and still eat it. How mm-hmm.
1: often does that happen? A lot. A lot, a lot.
2: This is a busy city. A uh-huh. Busy city. Ravens really busy. So, um, yeah, we definitely, sometimes we get a chance
1: to eat our dinner. Sometimes we don't, you mm-hmm. know. When you talk about bonding overnight, do you get to sleep much?
2: Um, Most likely not. It's, mm-hmm. it's always calls throughout the day. What kind know?
1: of calls do you get? Like day and night, are they different? No. I
2: I mean, it's the same type of calls, you know, but majority at night, you know, it's the nightlife. You know, Mm -hmm. you a lot of MVA's, motor vehicle accidents, you know, people coming from the clubs and bars. And and medical?
1: Mm -hmm. A lot of medical calls. What was the day you'll never forget as a firefighter?
2: The day I will never forget was my graduation and my son was... About four years old so six years ago about six years ago and I was walking across the stage getting pinned <laughs> and my son just yelled out my name good job daddy uh, and it was just you know and then the uh, whole crowd was just like oh no. I always that. Oh, where was that it was at career high school
1: how do you say good job Aiden when he's playing basketball I have to I have to I have to well, what exactly do you say when he sings a basket Get back on defense.
2: <laughs> get back on defense because they're coming back at you. So you score, you get back on defense, you don't show both, you know, you just play the game the right way.
1: <laughs> play the game right Perhaps way. Babs, do you have any questions for Mr.
0: Gormany? So um, how long have you been at this particular firehouse?
2: I've been at this firehouse for about, uh, I'm going to say about 10 months. On a year, 10 months to a year.
0: So do you get for? rotated around? Like, how does it work?
2: Um, when people get promoted and things like that, um, it's usually like a couple of transfers because they have to move people in different positions and stuff like that. So I'll say probably once a year, or if you're, it's, it's all discretion of, you know, the higher ups. You know, so.
1: so it sounds like you didn't become a firefighter right out of high school. No. What'd you do before?
2: Uh, I worked for the city in New Haven. Oh yeah. What'd you do? Uh, traffic and parking. Oh yeah. Yeah. I work for traffic. So. What'd you do? uh i started out writing tickets
4: oh my god Friendly. yeah
1: Babs, <laughs> it wasn't personal babs i mean no i'm it wasn't
2: sorry
4: personal. i'm sorry
2: i was just doing my job i'm sorry <laughs> but yeah i started there then i moved up to um collecting the money out of the meters meter collector and when a different position moved up, I started doing all the street name signs. And oh,
1: fun! What does that mean? You put them in? Yeah, you put them in. What was it? The, did you like those jobs? Anything you remember yeah, about them?
2: I love those jobs. I love the, job. the guys I worked with. Uh, love my bosses. They, you know, they give you your work. They give you your own truck. You go out and you know do your work order.
1: So, why the jump to firefighter? What made you want to do that? Um, it was. This definitely was a better opportunity
2: for me and my family better opportunity for me and my family and it was just a challenge it was a challenge and i i accepted it
1: god bless me all right babs any other questions here
2: no thank you
0: thank you for your service thank you for keeping our city safe greatly appreciate it. we we, love the firefighters
2: we definitely cherish you guys you know we're out here for you guys and
1: you know, every day. Well, it's Firefire Harmony and Paul Bass signing off. A word on the street, WNHHFM's Love Babs, Love Talk on New Haven's community
0: radio. Thank you. Wow. Woo! New Haven's bravest. <laughs> Firefighters. That was pretty nice. I, pretty, I I appreciated that. Although, I'm sure he has given me a ticket when he was uh, working in parking and traffic. <laughs> Speaking of which, yesterday I went to pay my taxes on my car, and I had an outstanding uh, traffic ticket at $25. So so I go in there, you know, because they're, they're not the friendliest people in traffic, in, in ta- tax collection. I don't know what that is. So, I, so when I go in there, I'm extra friendly, because I know they always have people in there showing out and screaming and carrying on. So I said to the lady, I said, you know, I had to go pay my taxes because I I didn't want to get booted. She's like, oh, we're not scheduling to boot anybody. And I was like, yeah, tell me that now. I could have held on to my $235 or whatever it was. Uh, but I was like, the minute I would have did that, I would have walked out somewhere and been booted. And, and, and with a $25 ticket. That was outstanding anyway, it's paid. I'm happy. It's paid. It's paid. I'm happy. It's paid. I'm happy. So I don't got to worry about that mess until next year, whenever it comes back around property taxes. So, uh, so I, uh, that's handled. I'm just trying to tick things off my, off my list of things that need to get done and, uh, grateful. <laughs> grateful I had to drop my docs off uh to my tax person so I will I will do that uh in the next tomorrow because I think she's in the office I think I could do it yeah I think she's in the office on Wednesday so I just gotta find all my docs and then drop them off to her um so that I could you know see how see how I'm not getting money back which is fine, you know, which is listen, I'm not even going to sweat it. Uh, I'm not sweating it. I'll do the very best that I can. Oh, there's so much I need to so much I need to to do. So I will uh, I'll pull all those things together, and uh, I have everything at my my disposal. and uh, I'll get that handled. So I could pay these damn taxes. Uh, I mean, you know, take care of whatever I need to do. Anyway, uh, thank you to the New Havens Bravest. I appreciate that. That was a good conversation. So now I'll wait for the story story, you know, because Paula write the story and get all the deets, you know, where they grow up and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And some good pictures of him at the fire. He is at the West on um, Fountain Street, so that's up Upper Westville. So I know, I know exactly where he is. And uh, you know, so good. I never noticed them out there in the back grilling steaks. I can run up on them <laughs> uh, if they do cook. I see him in the grocery store and they roll up in the truck in the grocery store to do the sh- shopping for the for the whenever they're there. And they, they, and there's a, like a whole slew of them, you know. They come in and they get the groceries, and you see them, and they, you know, that's why I know I, I, these 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 men know how to do stuff. They know how to cook because they're cooking. They know how to do all the things because they're doing it. So anyway, <laughs> I know they know how to cook. I know these firefighters know how to cook. I know it. I see them in the grocery store. So, yes. Mhm, so I know quite a few firefighters in my day. I dated a couple too. I make it a rule never to date firefighters. <laughs> I dated a couple uh not here in New Haven, dated one in Norwalk, dated one in uh I want to say Bridgeport oh so many years ago, and I thought, mm, firefighters carry a heavy weight a heavy heavy weight. And, uh, and uh, not unlike police officers, you know, not unlike police officers. Um, and so, no shade cause I know they're listening. You know, I love y'all. And I know police officers listen too, because they run up on me all the time. so i'm I'm a fan of I've been a police commissioner. I'm a fan of police officers. I'm a fan um uh, because I don't know anybody who who uh, has that level of brave bravery and courage uh, to do to do policing. Uh, And this day and age, you know, we we got a lot of miscommunication between us, uh, between police officers and the communities um, in which they serve and 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 a disconnect between uh, administrators and uh, and the folks that direct and coordinate the efforts of uh, policing. So, you know, uh, I keep the faith. I keep the faith. And I know there I know there are a great many good cops out here, a great many who are uh who care deeply about the community, who know the community in which they are um, um, being a part of uh there are there are more so than not so high five uh, uh, New Haven's finest, and high five New Haven's bravest so we need. We need our 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 services. <laughs> we do, we do, we do, we do. So, uh yeah. It's uh it's right now. It's about forty degrees. I think the high is supposed to get to fifty. So I think we're we are marching ourselves toward uh, really really amazing weather. Um, it is nice. I will say this, and I know people are whining about daylight savings time, and they are whining, whining, whining. I get it. But it is nice to get to the end of the day and it's bright out. Like when I walked out of Possible Futures yesterday at seven o'clock, it was bright out. I like that. <laughs> you know, I I it's gonna be dark at 4 30 come next fall. I know. But I I like it. So, you know, and I, I'm not one of these people that is susceptible to uh daylight setting time. Like I, I I never think about it, it doesn't I don't feel one way or the other about it. You know, I'm not conscious of it. I'm not, I was like, Oh, it's light out. Oh, it's dark out. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't affect my mood. (laughs) It does not. I, I, I don't feel affected one way or the other unless I'm just not noticing it. So uh, that's all I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to say. I don't, I don't feel one way or the other. Uh, but I know that it is a real seasonal issue for people. Um, and there's I, I guess, you know, the great deal of research on how people can sort of combat that. Light with particular lighting, special light bulbs, um, you know, uh, exercises, things that they can do to sort of offset some of the symptoms uh of when the seasons change. Um, so you know. Uh, I I don't have that problem when it's fall. I'm happy that it's fall When it's winter. I know winter is desolate. It's just what it is. When it's spring, everything perks up. I'm happy. I mean, I'm happy anyway. I'm happy in the fall. I'm happy in the winter, happy in the spring. And I love, love, love summer. (laughs) You know, when I could put my toes out in sandals. Oh, I live for summer. I live for summer. I live for the warm weather. You know, I do. So I live for it. And and we're back, it's back around. You know, it's the seasons are back around, back around. So here we are in March, March is flying by, it's going out, and then April will be here before we know it, then it'll be May. And then um I like when it's a warm May, you know? Like, and I hope that it's a warm May you know, so we could get into summer early. <laughs> I know people are like, oh, I, I want the seasons to be the seasons. I know, but if I could have a warm May, you know what I mean? Like if I could get into sandals in May, and then I have June, July, August, and September. I would feel like, i would i i then I would really feel like we live in virginia we had a virginia winter i would like a i'd like i like a virginia spring which is summer <laughs> i i i went to school in the south, so I know this is hot <laughs> it's hot in the south now <laughs> I don't want it to be that hot like i'm i'm not wishing i'm not wishing for that but but I, I am looking forward to putting away boots and 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 socks and 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 the like. like i'm I'm ready to I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. I'm ready to put away those kinds of things and uh do some other things. so yeah, so i i I, uh, I don't have any commitments for my time at the end of this day, which is nice uh, because there's some things that I like to do. Um. Uh, start uh, 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 just doing a few things and uh, just doing a few things as best I can and uh, you know just figuring out how to move uh, with these seasons and uh, in this good weather that's all <laughs> That's all, that's all we're gonna do, we're gonna do that. So uh, when I come back off a break, uh, we are going to have a conversation with some folks from the Connecticut Veterans Legal Center and, uh, and they've got some stuff going on, particularly around um, supporting um, black vets, uh, that they have taken that on as part of what they do and uh and deal with the disparities um, in services uh, uh they you know they they just released some data uh, around uh the disparities of of uh military administra- administration separations and uh and they're gonna work on this like they have taken this up as part of of what they do and uh, I'm excited to hear about, you know, where where they're going with this, and and what the data showed them, and uh, and when they made the decision to sort of say this is something critically important, and we're going to work on it, uh, and we are going to raise the awareness around what is happening to uh, Black vets. So I'm excited to have this conversation uh, today. Uh, I and I like you will learn a thing or two. I'm sure. Um, veterans, particularly Black veterans, um, are out here fighting for um, things that the government has promised them, and they have to fight. Um, they serve their country with honor and dignity and courage, and now we need the country to serve them with honor, dignity, and courage. So, so we'll have this conversation. Um, two folks are going to come on. I have not met them, so I'm looking forward to the uh to the conversation and uh I think it'll be illuminating so um and if you haven't listened to the collective consciousness conversation I had with um Dexter uh, Singleton and Jenny Nelson you can go back and look at that too. It's up it's up and it's all it's in all the places where streaming is happening. But that was such a rich, rich wonderful conversation. And I want you to go to the play because I have a role in the play. And I'm and I'm trying to be very uh uh quiet about it because I want people to figure it out. I, I want people to figure it out. <laughs> and people are like, Do I have, are you in it every day? Or <laughs> I'm I'm in it every day. I'm I'm in it for the full run of the play. That's all I can say. I'm in it for the full run of the play. Uh if you pay attention, if you're paying attention, you you'll you'll know. You know, if you're not, then you you'll miss it. (laughs) This has been this has been so much fun to do, I must say. Uh, And when they asked me to do it, I immediately said yes. (laughs) I have no reason to say no. (laughs) So I am I am saying I have said yes, and I'm, I'm looking forward to if people can figure it out, and I think they will. like, come on <laughs> Come on, come on. this is this is not even a heavy lift, uh, but um I'm excited, so um, so I need to I need to uh, figure out a day when I'm gonna go see it. I believe it opens Thursday. Uh, and I believe Thursday is pay what you can. So there's no excuses. None, none, none. None, not a one. <laughs> so go see this wonderful play, Barbecue, <laughs> at Collective, Consciousness and, uh, Collective Conscious Theater. And Collective Conscious Theater, they have a whole website, collect Collective Conscious Theater dot uh, org. Uh, go and see it. It's here from now of uh, Thursday to I think April eighth. So that's a good run. You got that's like three weeks. So come on, or two weeks, three weeks. Come on, go see it. They're back. You've been wanting them to come back. You've been clamoring for them to come back. They're back. Now go support them and uh, and uh, and see this play. And and I must say, you know, when Jenny Nelson was saying, this is the guy that helped write Slave Play, it took everything I had not to scream. I hated Slave Play. <laughs> that, I think, I, I whenever I saw it, that was the, it still remains play I hated the most. But I only went because um, my friend Gion did the lighting for it. And the lighting was amazing. Like, it was beautiful. But the play itself, I that mess got on my nerves. I, I don't find that artistic at all. But that's okay. That's, but that's what theater should do. Theater should invite you to have feelings about it. And baby, I do. That oh, was awful. The, my saving grace about Slave Play is that we had dinner across the street at a great restaurant. <laughs> we had dinner across the street at a great restaurant. That was, that was the only thing good about Slave Play. And it was in the August Wilson Theater too. Oh God, I just thought, Lord have mercy. From the moment that it started, I just thought, I don't understand any of this foolishness. But okay. All right. Listen, I I and I listen, I'm not one of these people that will say it shouldn't be shown. People shouldn't see it. People should go see it. I, I, I hated it. And and I, I don't think I'll ever see it again. I don't care. And I know they've made different, they you know, they did some stuff to it, but whew, It was awful. So anyway, so when I found out the this brother, uh, uh, who whose play is going on, um, at uh, collective consciousness, I was like, ooh. So when she said it, I was like, I I'm not gonna say I hated that play, and she was gushing about it, and I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, no, girl. <laughs> But she saw some artistic value that I did not see. That's okay. So I'm going to take a break. I'll be back at 10.15 with guests from the Connecticut Veterans Legal Center. And uh, y'all stay tuned. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.
5: While COVID may not stop a baby's heart, isn't a child with a rising fever, cough, and chills enough to make your heart skip a beat? Children are 19% of reported COVID cases with higher rates in Hispanic and Black children. Vaccinated six months to five-year-olds are 80% less likely to get COVID, which means 80% healthier New Haven one-year-olds and 100% happier New Haven parents. To learn more, visit nhvvax.org. Bye.
3: A bridge, but I'm not so i at least for a little while. I wish I could swim across the moat. see the things I never seen before, have the hope that I am. Have-
6: But your fate is getting close, with the shadows creeping in. So you take another dose of the secrets held within. I don't know where to begin, but the power will hypnotize. I don't know you've been told, but I'm trying to control confusion. It's so easy. When the world's so numb, it's confusion. I don't know where you've been told, but I'm trying to control confusion. It's so easy to explode. When the world's so numb, it's confusion. Can the world say faces still so addicted? Busy acquiring materialistics Apples with value but no, no nutrition Watching reality stars turn to misfits When in reality girls are going missing Souls lost who say to drugs and addiction The north and north south, south are still so distant Need a bigger knife to cut, cut through the, through the tension. tension How about the fact that you can't see through it? Never mattered in the past, feel the blast of the truth Coming back to retract what you knew But you never had a path to pursue can it get out of our own way, flipping down the causeway So we feel the heat as we're running down the streets of our own brain Now we're getting lost and it's causing confusion it's cold fusion I don't know what you've been told But I'm trying to control Confusion It's so easy to explode When the world's so numb It's cold fusion I don't know what you've been told But I'm trying to control Confusion It's so easy to explode But I'm trying to control confusion. It's so easy to explode when the-
2: Bo, make sure you say Bo too. Word <laughs> right on the street, my boy been sad for a little minute now. We all tried talking to him, but don't nobody really know what's going on with him. The
7: man in the group home down the street from me waves every time I drive by. And I roll down the window to raise up my hand and we flash each other the peace sign. And it flows like a river the same way every day. And I look forward to it every time. I hope you have someone like that in your life who waves to you and makes you feel fine. The old woman who works in the grocery store I can tell has the hearts for me She blinks her fake eyelashes slowly And clicks her gum in a seductive way And it flows like a river the same way every day And I look forward to it every time I hope you have someone like that in your life Who winks at you and makes you feel fine It's a long way down the river, and it's a long way home, and I hope you have someone special in your life who smiles with you and helps you have fun. tall house next door to me Walks his old dog every day And I watch as he walks by my window And one day I'm gonna say hey And it flows like a river the same way every day And I look forward to it every time I hope you have someone like that in your life To say hey to and make feel fine Cause it's a long way down the river And it's a long way home And I hope you have someone special in your life Who smiles with you and helps you have fun Yes, I hope you have someone special in your life Who smiles with you and helps you have fun
4: By the thumb and hate.
0: Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. I'm delighted this morning because I got uh, uh, Alden uh, Pinkham from the um, the the Connecticut Veterans Legal Center uh, to come on and talk to me because they they uh, I think they're part of a study or they launched a study. Anyway, I, I, I this is what I know from the press release and and from looking up on their website that uh, March second, uh, an announcement from the Department of Veterans Affairs. Formed a Veterans Administration Equity Team to investigate discrimination and establish policies to uh, further equity in the VA benefit system, and so and 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 because of that, uh, this reflects one of the recommendations from uh, the Connecticut Veterans Legal Center: uh, 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 discretionary injustice, how racial disparities in the military's administrative separation system harms black veterans. And so they put this out back in November 20 uh 2022, uh in partnership with Black with the Black Veterans uh Project. And so when I got word of this, I, I immediately wanted to uh talk to them about this. So you know what? Shed some more light on this Alden. What 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 am I to take away and understand from this?
5: Thanks, Babs, and thanks for having us on the show. Um, Hi, everyone. I'm Alden Pinkham. I'm a staff attorney and policy analyst at Connecticut Veterans Legal Center. Um, We are a local legal services organization. Um, Our mission is to help veterans recovering recovering from homelessness and mental illness overcome legal barriers to housing, health care, and income. Um, I've been with the center a little bit over two years. I work primarily with veterans who did not get an honorable discharge when they ended their military service. And this has a tremendous impact on their ability to access services through the VA. So that's health care, compensation for service-connected disabilities, and even other services that help veterans um, reintegrate into the community, like. Um, access to education and access to home loans. And I realized um, through the work that we were doing that a number of our clients, a disproportionate number of our clients who had these less than honorable discharges were veterans of color. So we had a hunch that there might be a disparity there. Um, And for this report, we got data from the Department of Defense to see what was happening. And what it showed is that there indeed is a disparity. So black service members in particular are more likely to get what we call these bad paper discharges when they leave service. And that means that they then have trouble accessing the veteran the, the veteran's benefits that they deserve.
0: Oh. <laughs> so, okay, so you find out that a disproportionate number of black veterans were uh,
5: dishonorably discharged. Oh, quick correction, um, not dishonorably discharged. So maybe it will help if I talk about the different kinds of discharge. Oh,
0: that would, yeah, wow.
5: Yeah, so certainly I, um, I am not a veteran, I, I didn't serve. Um, and so when I started this work, I had kind of the general idea that I think a lot of um, civilians have, Mm -hmm. that you can leave service with an honorable discharge or a dishonorable discharge, but it's not that simple. Um, There is something called a dishonorable discharge. Very, very few people wind up with one. Um, It's essentially the military's equivalent of a felony. You have to be discharged by a court-martial. There's a judge who looks at it and sentences you to a dishonorable discharge. Um, There's a similar one called bad conduct, which is kind of like the military's equivalent of a misdemeanor. It also requires a sentence at court. Very few people, less than 1% of all service members wind up with a bad conduct or dishonorable discharge. Instead, what we see is veterans receiving administrative separations And these can be something called a general discharge or an other than honorable discharge. A general discharge means you can get virtually all of the VA benefits, except you cannot get education benefits. So if you were hoping for the government to help you pay for college with a general discharge, that's not possible. Really? That's right. Um, and our study showed that um, Black veterans are receiving general discharges at disproportionate rates.
0: So, general discharges are not behavioral things. Like I'm they just can be. To- yeah,
5: you would get it for generally some type of misconduct or perceived misconduct in service. And same thing for an other than an other than honorable discharge, which is a step worse from general with an other than honorable discharge, the VA actually presumes that you are not a veteran. So to be eligible for anything, you have to prove to VA that you're worthy. And we see essentially only one in five veterans who got an other than honorable discharge are able to get VA benefits to the same extent as other veterans. So other than honorable in particular is a a really heavy blow.
0: Wow, I did not know this. All I, this is not public knowledge, is it? I mean, I guess it's public knowledge, but it's not in our everyday practical awareness of what we think discharge is when people leave military service.
5: Right. It's it's much more complicated than you would expect, and there are um, far fewer procedural safeguards to protect veterans from getting an other than honorable or a general discharge when they didn't deserve it.
0: So your role in this is to go back and look at individual cases as they come to your
5: desk? Right. So that's part of my role at CVLC is to assist these veterans. And I I do that in two ways. One option is we go to the VA and ask the VA to do something called a characterization of discharge. Where we um essentially try to convince V a to treat this someone that treat this veteran as being discharged under honorable conditions. Um, and sometimes that will help. It's very helpful to have an attorney. Um, I think most veterans, when this happens, they might apply for a VA benefit. V a then sends them a letter saying, we have to decide if your discharge was honorable or not. Um, And then the veteran doesn't request a hearing and doesn't send in any evidence. And then the only thing the VA has is the veteran's military file. And guess whose side of the story that is? That's the side of the commander, the supervisor who discharged the veteran. Um, The other thing that we can also do is to go back to the veteran's service branch and request a formal discharge upgrade. So this would issue the veteran a new separation document called a DD-214 that would have a better discharge on it. So basically get that veteran a new honorable discharge. And we can do that in a variety of ways. Um, Discharge upgrades can often be successful if something happened in service that was mental health related. So same, somebody had an untreated mental health condition then often we can get them um, an upgraded discharge because the military is beginning to recognize that if you have say untreated PTSD, then you might have some behaviors that look like misconduct and got you that bad discharge to start with. But what the service branches don't have is any guidance on when to upgrade someone's discharge if they allege that discrimination was in play. Okay. (laughs) So
0: what is your caseload like?
5: My caseload is primarily veterans who have um, an other than honorable discharge and experienced something in the service. So that could be uh, sexual harassment or sexual assault. Um, It could be significant combat trauma or some other type of trauma that occurred during service or veterans who experienced discrimination based on race or gender or LGBTQ status.
0: Mm. So on the policy side, Alden, uh, as you are coming across what is happening to people, are you, are you trying to implement or institute or change minds and hearts about a policy being put in place where none exist?
5: Yes, so this is... <laughs> Part of what we hope um, to do through this report, so we looked at this to see what's what's going on when it comes to race and discharge. And we found, and, and we looked at recent years. This is not, these are not statistics from, you know, World War II or Vietnam. These are statistics from 2014 to 2020. Uh, so in 2014 to 2020, Black service members were, approximately 1.5 times as likely as white service members to receive that other than honorable discharge. That's the one that you risk not accessing any VA benefits. And they were twice as likely as white service members to receive a general discharge, which means you don't get those education benefits, which can be so crucial for financial stability. Um, We really think that there's a lot the government can do to rectify this. Um, One I've already mentioned, the Department of Defense doesn't have any guidance on when to upgrade someone's discharge on the basis of race. If somebody experienced direct discrimination or just implicit bias in service, um, we know that can change. Um, Here in Connecticut, Conley Monk, who's uh, one of the co-founders of the National Veterans Council for Legal Redress Already helped change this when it came to mental health. They used to not consider mental health as a reason for discharge upgrades either, but now there's very specific guidance about when they should do that. We need something similar for race discrimination. On the VA side, VA also needs to look into how they are treating veterans that are going through their own character of discharge process. VA needs to have guidance on when to consider a veteran honorable for VA purposes because of implicit bias or explicit race discrimination in service. Um, VA also frankly has the option to just decide to serve veterans with other than honorable discharges. It's not a requirement that they not serve them, it's VA's own decision. So VA could revise their regulations to get rid of their own gatekeeping barrier to VA benefits. And then finally, there's a lot that Congress could do. Um, Congress could authorize further research into historical disparities, our own study, we just looked, like I said, going back to 2014, but there are living veterans from World War II still. Um, Congress could also pass the GI Bill Restoration Act because going back to, your World War II era veterans, even those with honorable discharges, black veterans couldn't access um, housing opportunities and educational opportunities because of um, systemic racism in society at large. So a lot of them and their descendants missed out on those benefits even though they didn't have the bad discharge and the GI Bill Restoration Act would help rectify some of that. So,
0: so you, Am I to understand that the US military-complex system understands this? Like they understand where there where there's problems.
5: They they should. Um the military itself has studied race disparities and administrative separations going all the way back to the 70s. But they have not changed it. And why? What is the thinking? Too many people, I mean I'm just trying to I mean, this just doesn't seem rational
0: to me. So it, isn't, to it isn't rational. It.
5: It's, um, I think, Babs, what happens is the the military prides itself on its ability to maintain good order and discipline. Okay. Individual supervisors do need to be able to make decisions so that the military can function, uh, particularly in times of conflict. So The system that we have allows for supervisors, um, supervisors may be very young, um, folks in their 20s, to make determinations um, about when a person is underperforming. And what we've seen in the mental health context in particular is that individuals with untreated mental health conditions, they might be late for duty. They might be self-medicating that untreated mental health condition. And the military interprets all of this as misconduct. And when a supervisor decides that someone has committed misconduct, it's not questioned. Um, What we see with um, implicit bias in, in the racial context is that supervisors also have the ability to overlook misconduct if someone is otherwise performing well. So we see circumstances where veterans tell me, well, look, Um, So I have have a client who um, received something called non-judicial punishment, which is basically, um, it's not a court-martial, hence non-judicial punishment, but formal punishment for talking to his, he was was posted on guard duty stateside, so at a, a U.S. military base in the United States, not in a conflict zone, not in a war zone. And his fiance walked past the gate while he was on guard duty. He had a conversation with her and he was penalized for this. But white service members had conversations with people while they were on guard duty all the time. They were not penalized. So technically it's a violation of the rules and you can be punished for that, but that punishment isn't meted out equally to all. Um, I've also seen, usually in in some of the older records that I've seen where black veterans are given written warnings because of their hair, for example. Um, So it is sometimes true that there is some misconduct in the record that somebody did something that's technically wrong, Um, but it's not always done fairly, and that's very difficult to pick up on and on an individual case. So, going back to your original question, like, why hasn't DoD done anything about this? Um, I think it's because it requires second guessing the motives of individual supervisors um, in their in their units. So this makes it very challenging um, for veterans who want to seek an upgraded discharge because the paper trail doesn't say, oh, I punished this person, but I, you know, for talking to his fiance outside guard duty, but I didn't punish all of these other people. It just says he violated this rule.
0: Mm. So out of the study, you've made recommendation, recommendations to the Department of Defense. Recommendations for the Department of Veteran Veteran Affairs and recommendations for Congress. So now is this is this the lobbying part where you have to get this in front of them and then re-educate them about what this means? And and does it go anywhere? And do you come back with more data? Cause you follow this over a, another period of time and then you come back with more recommendations? Like, how does this how do, how do
5: you get to Implementation of anything? Yes. So we're um, seeking ways to get the findings from the study out there um, to reach decision makers. Um, I'm glad that you asked about follow up studies because we do have one in mind um, and we're um, hoping to get funding to achieve this. So the study that we did is a statistical study. Um, We found these disparities, they are statistically significant. Um, what we want to do next is more of a qualitative study. So we want to talk to Black veterans about their experiences in service so we can kind of drill down with more specificity how these biases are operating. So when someone's in service, um, you know, I I gave a few examples. There's some disparate punishment. There's picking on things like picking on their hair, you're playing your music too loud, things of, things of that nature. Um, but I want to hear more from veterans themselves about what happened. Were they assigned to more menial duties? Mm. How does this disparity add up? How do we wind up in a place where um, the military record on paper looks like it justifies this discharge. So I want to do this type of qualitative study um, with veterans to understand what it really looks like on the ground from their point of view. So that's our next step.
0: So what do you hear? What do you hear from veteran affairs who work directly with veterans, particularly Black veterans? What do they say? Like, do they do they say you know what I understand I hear this we're trying to do all that we can or do they just not acknowledge anything? Like I'm just trying to understand what is the relationship like? Is there a relationship between um what they know and what they can change and 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 who's paying attention?
5: Yeah, so that's a great question and a hard one to answer. Nobody has acknowledged to me personally um any any inclination that VA could be at fault here. Because VA is not responsible for the original discharge that the service member gets. VA is responsible for what happens in their own house. And that is the system they've set up where a veteran with an other than honorable discharge, um, and we know that that might not be deserved, has to then prove their worth to VA. Um, So like I said before, this is due to a VA regulation. VA can change that regulation. We have asked them to, and um, there is a regulatory change that has been pending now for more than a year. If VA would rescind the regulation that bars veterans with an other than honorable discharge from VA benefits, then they don't have to go and parse whether a veteran is worthy or unworthy. They can just say, welcome to the VA. When it comes to education benefits, that is based on a statute, only Congress could change that, not VA. But for other than honorably discharged veterans, this is by and large within the VA's control. Um, I think that their new internal um, group looking at equity is a start. Um, I hope that they are looking at their character of discharge decisions. I know that they're looking at um, some statistics related to the VA granting service connection for PTSD at lower rates uh, when the veteran is black versus when they're white, which is also a start.
0: Hmm. I see Gary, is Gary joining us or is he just lingering? I'm just trying to, I see him in the, in the on the space. So I'm not sure, cause I, I got two names from folks and I don't know if he's just listening in or.
8: No, I'm here and uh... Just uh, sitting here patiently listening and um, appreciating the information that's being brought forth. It's it's really cutting edge what uh, CBLC is doing, and Attorney Alden has been a stand for veterans' uh, rights and transformation of what the landscape looks like for veterans that's dealing with getting these uh, what we call bad papers and. Um, So I'm standing here or sitting here and actually I'm enjoying it because the conversation needs to be played forward. It's uh, very, very unfortunate that a man that decides to go or a woman decides to go serve their country has to deal with fighting their country after going to fight for their country, for their rights, for benefits. This is like services have been rendered. So why are we dealing with this? So yes, I'm very much so here.
0: Well, welcome. So Thank Alden, is this a is this a is this a budget problem? Is this a money problem? Is this if we open the door, we won't be able to afford to do all the things that we need to do for veterans because it'll be too expensive? I, I'm just trying to create some scenarios for understanding.
5: I mean, I think there are some who would say that that a veteran with an other than honorable discharge doesn't deserve. Uh, to receive compensation for a disability, even if they got that disability and service to their country and it prevents them from working. There were some who would say that it's too expensive to provide those veterans with healthcare, even though that's what we promised when they enlisted. Um, but it costs a lot of money to run the military of this country. If we are going to ask people to enlist, then we should treat them fairly and we should give them the services that we promised on their enlistment. And that's my opinion.
0: That's my opinion too, Alden, because I just feel like when you go sign up, if, if imagine if they put all these pitfalls, like, well, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. I don't know if people would sign up.
5: Yeah. And it's the the thing that I want to stress too is an other than honorable discharge, you don't get it because a neutral judge looked at the evidence and decided you were guilty. It's an administrative separation. Um, It's like the military decided to fire you. So you don't get a lot of protection before that happens, but the cost is very, very high. Um, If the military has evidence of wrongdoing, they may choose to court-martial you and put that evidence before a judge and you could get a punitive discharge. Um, And that would bar um, most most individuals with a punitive discharge are not eligible for veterans benefits unless there's a serious mental health issue um, that occurred um, explaining the conduct. But what we're talking about is essentially someone's supervisor, we've created a scenario where someone's supervisor just doesn't like them, catches them out with a few instances of potentially very minor misconduct and then that person is barred from VA benefits and people
0: supervisors understand that they have this power
5: i i think not always actually um i think some supervisors may not realize the impact of an other than honorable discharge on the veteran mm. um i've talked to veterans who are told eh you know listen just take the other than honorable you can get it upgraded later won't be a problem that's false it's a massive problem um, it's not a guarantee or even um, a probability that someone will be able to get their discharge upgraded. So I think in some cases, supervisors may not realize um, how punishing and other than honorable discharges. Um, in other cases, they're perfectly aware because I've seen it in their paperwork where supervisors have written I don't think this veteran deserves a better discharge because I don't think that they should get anything from VA and they're perfectly aware of what they're doing. So
0: all then Gary, do do most veterans know how to contact y'all to fight, to help? Like how do, how do, how does one find out about, you know, they go to the VA and then it, turned down or turned away and they don't, you know,
5: what? what's the recourse? For us, um, most of our clients, because we're in a medical legal partnership with VA, if someone's receiving services from VA already, we ask them to have their VA clinician put in a referral. But for veterans who have a less than honorable discharge, They may not have a VA clinician to put in that referral because of all the problems we've talked about. Um, So in that case, they can just give us a call at 203-479-0375, and a member of our screening team will get back in touch with them within a couple of days and see if there's anything that we can do to help.
8: And for the National Veterans Council for Legal Redress, we're a referral organization. Word of mouth has been great for us. However, we've advertised on WYBC. We join in at uh, military um, events like Stand Down and um, between the organizations like CBLC and Vet Center and even the VA itself. Um, posting literature, disseminating the information about who we are. We're currently headquartered at um, the Q House, a newly built Q House at 197 Dixwood Avenue New Haven. Yeah I know it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
8: So I'm in New
0: Haven. <laughs>
8: <laughs> that's that's for the, that's for you listeners. That's for you listeners. So um you, you know you you touched on a couple of points. When the veterans are going through what they're going through, there's been a lot of nose and a lot of doors shut in their face. So they, they're they kind of, not kind of, they really are st- stopped. They are stuck. And they don't search out our assistance so much because it's like what they've been getting, it doesn't work anyways. You know, we already went through hurry up and wait inside of the military. Then out here, uh, because of my papers, they would say, um, I'm, no one's going to help me. Or no one can help me. Imagine having these same papers for 45, 50 years. You know, come on, now all of a sudden you're going to find help. And um, so I'm saying that that it's very, how should I say, it's 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 really community based where someone's talking to someone and tell them about CVLC, uh, But she just told you how they are contacted or referred to, whereas ourselves. Uh, It can happen out of those different ways I said, in terms of you know they see us on our website, or um, they see some flyers, or someone tells them about them at uh, an event, or what have you. But uh, yeah.
0: Mm. So Alden, so you do this work for the whole state of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. That's right. Is there is there does each day have an equivalency, and is there Um. a national component to this, like? What's the, what's the
5: hierarchy? What's the org chart like? Yeah. So we are a Connecticut based organization. We're the first medical legal partnership between a legal services program and VA, which means we um, are located in a couple of different VA centers around the state. So a veteran who's coming to the VA to get their, for their doctor's appointments or for some other purpose can also stop in and see their lawyer just on the same site. Um, More of these models are cropping up around the country. Uh, We're the original. And there are organizations um, around the country who do similar types of work doing discharge upgrade, for instance. So if a veteran's listening and they're not located in Connecticut, but they're needing assistance, um, there are a few of those organizations. Uh, so, for example, Swords to Plowshares in California, uh, the National Veterans Legal Services Program, which is based in D.C. but can assist veterans nationally, are just two examples. Um, but there, there are more. Uh, Swords to Plowshares also has a resource on their website with different services by state. So they're not available in every state, but in many states, especially states with large veteran populations, there's assistance available.
0: Mm. So before we go, um, uh, and I think you're about to say something, Gary. I, I want you uh, all the, and Gary to sort of um, invite the community to uh, to do something. Um, how, how can people help? Because I know I'm gonna get these calls. How, how can we help? What can we do? What kind of a ra- awareness raising can we do?
5: What?
4: I let Holland
8: go first,
5: yeah. I was going to say, um two things. So one is being aware, um, being aware that there are veterans who have less than honorable discharges that you know that are not dishonorable discharges, but these other than honorable discharges really complicate. Um, their lives after service. We know veterans with other than honorable discharges have higher rates of poverty, higher rates of dying by suicide, um, higher rates of untreated mental health conditions than other veterans. So looking out for the veterans in your lives and community is one thing a person can do. Um, another is letting your, your Congress people know that you would like law to be more inclusive of veterans with less than honorable discharges. And fortunately here in Connecticut, our congressional delegation is very supportive of veterans, including veterans who got less than honorable discharges, um, but continuing to let them know like, yes, we would like the law to change. We would like the GI Bill Restoration Act to be passed so that veterans who are locked out of benefits can access them, we would like a law to be passed that requires VA to serve all veterans um, if they didn't get a punitive discharge Um, and asking for more accountability from VA. We would like the Department of Defense to start upgrading, remedying those bad paper discharges from earlier and and ask them to pay attention um, and to consider arguments based on race. And Gary, I know you'll have lots of other ideas as well.
8: Well, no, you, you touched on the most effective ones in, in terms of it takes legislation to change uh, this conversation. Um, but first of all, I just want to acknowledge that everyone has a veteran in their life, be it their brother, father, mother, sister, cousin, what have you. So veterans are everywhere, even though it's a very small percentage of us. and. Uh, So I'm saying, first of all, check in, check in on them. You know, they're not going to come and tell you they're dealing with mental health issues. (laughs) You know, they are very private about their lives. So I'm saying, first of all, check on them and check in, check in with them as well. And then I say your personal contribution could be contacting your politicians and ask them what type of legislation is on the floor right now for veterans to move their lives forward. And I say, first start with mental health, because if their mental health is not together their I mean, their limb could literally be falling off and they're not paying attention to that because they're, they're dealing with mental health issues. So check in with your politicians and see what they're doing for, for the veteran. Um, I say that, uh, people should go and, uh, review our website it's a uh, nvclr org. i'll say that again www.nvclr.org and you can see that we've been in the trenches doing this ever since we were founded um i have it that my brother Conley monk a vietnam veteran that i used to call the poster child for ptsd uh, dealt with this bad paper syndrome, I call it, for years, uh, I would say about 50 years, um, whereas he received his uh, discharge upgrade after fighting for 50 years. So going through, cannot use the system at the VA, couldn't even get his job back at the VA. Um, he epitomizes what the average veteran looks like in terms of what we call bad paper veterans, and um, so once he had his discharge upgraded, as Alden had said, it set the precedent for other legislation to come through. And um, thanks to uh, former Secretary of Defense Chuck Hagel, that created the memo that any veteran that's been determined to have PTSD or TBI-related diseases, that they'll be given liberal consideration to have the discharges upgraded. And um, from there... Um, the other organizations, or shall I say, military, Navy, Air Force, Army, Marines, et cetera, had lawsuits come at them because of discrimination. And um, there's a lot of intentionality. I mean, if you look at the big picture of the papers of how many melanated veterans mm-hmm. receive bad papers opposed to their counterpart, uh, it's a blind person can see it. You really can It's that big of a. Disparity—it's that big of a gap—and um, so now I'm saying all this to say here we are now. The veteran is a veteran outside of the military, and we want the VA to be—and—and and they're not going to do it. But we are requesting that they give out the information correctly when we finally get it. You know, Freedom Information Act—a lot of things. It's—it's uh, it's mind-boggling how the things that. The veteran has gone through and still cannot get their benefits from the VA. So I know I said a lot. I, I just want to say I, I want each and every individual that can hear my voice to get involved with your veteran in your life and find out: Do they know about CBLC? Do they know about National Veterans Council? Do they do they try to get their benefits from the VA? And uh, meanwhile, again, organizations select like CBLC and your law school. Uh, With other nonprofit organizations are trying to put legislation on the table to shift the paradigm so that, of course, we can't change what already happened, but going forth, the landscapes will look different. The guys, the veterans should be briefed when they get out of the military, what benefits are available to them when they get out, as opposed to them having to go search and uh, try to source, where can I get this, and what happens when this happens. There should be a briefing when they initially get out.
0: Well, thank you. This has been an amazing conversation, Alden and Gary. I, I, I want you to come back because I think 45 minutes is just not enough time. And we're over time. And I know my producer is about <laughs> to pull the pull the plug. But uh, I, I've enjoyed this. I find this quite illuminating. And I know people are finding it illuminating, too. So I would love to have you come back. I mean this, come back and let's have a, continue this conversation uh, because I think this is so necessary. So thank you for your time, both of you this morning. And uh, I'm gonna connect with your people and see if we can get y'all back on so we we can talk about this more.
5: Yes, please do. I would love to come back on and thank you so much. And I'll just add our website into the mix as well. It's ctveteranslegal.org. and people can visit us there, follow us on social media. Um, we often have um, action items that we post. And you know, for both CVLC and NVCLR, um, your, donat- your donations really help us provide the services that we do to veterans to keep them housed, help them get their VA benefits. And so thank you. Thank you. Have
0: a good day. We'll be in touch and I'll have y'all back on. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you. Thank Thank you.
0: you. Thank you, Harry, for giving me a little more grace. I'll see you all tomorrow. (laughs) Thank you. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.